Welcome to NPR Music's Tiny Desk Contest Top Shelf. I'm Bob Boylan. So the Tiny Desk Contest, you probably know, is our nationwide search to find the next great undiscovered artist to play a Tiny Desk concert. And thousands of artists around the country have submitted amazing videos. And before we announce this year's winner, we're running this Top Shelf series. And each week, uh, one of the contest judges will share their favorite entries and will interview one of the artists. So today we have... WNXP's Julie Height, an NPR contributor, and one of this year's Tiny Desk Contest judges. Welcome, Julie. Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Have you had fun watching these uh, these entries? Absolutely. <laughs> I kind of don't want the contest to end. I mean, I kind of <laughs> wish it could go on and on so I could keep on watching videos. Well, for those of you who don't know this out in the in, in the world, if you want to go down a, a wonderful, uh, fun rabbit hole, you go to tinydeskcontest.npr.org, and there are thousands to watch. So uh, lots and lots of fun. Today, we're going to play five of your favorites, Julie. When you watch these things, what are, what are the things that sort of attract you? What are the things that you go, oh, I want the world to see this? I really get excited about voices and vantage points that are that are just vivid or distinct, you know, potent expressions of individuality. But I also get excited about folks who have figured out what they want to say and how to say it with flair. And also, I mean, musicianship, actual technique and, you know, watching different bands and groups or individual performers use that in really vital or inventive ways. So I guess what I'm saying is the breadth that we're going to see today is kind of representative of the breadth of, of stuff that I got excited about in watching these videos. So we have five entries today on this uh, Top Shelf series. We're going to start uh, with an artist uh, named Calvin II. I found it incredibly dramatic. I mean, the, the mix of music and the visual drama uh, was really beautiful to me. I agree. I think that the dramatic contrast between, you know, I mean, the song has has such heft. It's a song called Black and, you know, and he's a singer, he's a rapper, a beat maker, producer. And I believe he told us that he hadn't been doing much production in a while. This was sort of his return to doing that kind of music making on his own. So he wrote this song and it is brooding and it is grieving and demanding actual equality for black Americans. And then the way he delivers those verses, you know, it's so stoic and intent and the eye contact, you know, it's so resolute, it's unblinking. And then when he sings, sings the hook, it almost gets into emo style in intensity, you know, but the the dramatic contrast between all those elements and then how he brings the band and those dancers to a precise stop. You know, they all just <laughs> stop on a dime. They stand completely still, you know, and just stare at the camera in unison. To me, that is how you cement in our minds what what you are trying to say. You know, that's how you leave an impression. Great. Let's play Black by Calvin II.
I'm a black man with a black voice. Got a black mom raised as a black boy in a dark world, staring in the dark voids. Stole my swag, but you couldn't steal my black joy. I need a backyard and a black card for all the pain when a plane and a fast car. I was a young child, I had to act hard. Thanks to Jim Crow, red line, crack rock. Victory is sweeter, cause the way that we were treated had to get it out the mud, then we pushed it to the ceiling. Hate ran so deep, they ain't even need to speak it. Now they acting like they love us, still hard to believe it. Wonder if they see me, not just my skin, but the real me. If I showed you my scars, would you heal me? But I can't wait for you, gotta set myself loose, cause future so bright, I, I, my skin so black, yeah. Try down my line, no, 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 can't do that, yeah. Say you love me where you gotta show the money, huh? Say you love me, then you gotta show the money, huh? Say you love me where you gotta show the money, give me equity, especially you really wanna run it up. I'm a black dad to a black girl, give her keys to succeed in this black world, give her a black gun and a black belt, never let her feel the pain that her dad felt, give her game the wisdom to be a boss, if you fall flat bounce back from a loss, learn from the past, see the paths and the coast, meditate, pray, hold fast to the cross, break the curses that were perpetrated on us, they say vengeance is a loss, but redemption is upon us, a lot of other people acting like we all were just complaining, seen it happen on the camera, kinda harder to explain it, huh? Wonder if they see me, not just my skin, but the real me. If I showed you my scars, would you heal me? But I can't wait for you, gotta set myself loose, cause future so bright, yeah, yeah. my skin so black, I, I tried them my line, no, 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 can't do that, yeah. Say you love me when you gotta show the money, huh? Say you love me when you gotta show the money, huh? Say you love me when you gotta show the money, give me equity, especially you really tryna run it up. So bright, I, I, my skin so black, yeah, yeah. Try dim my light, no, no, nah, I can't do that, yeah. Say you love me when you gotta show the money, huh? Say you love me when you gotta show the money, huh? Say you love me when you gotta show the money, give me equity, especially you really trying to run it up. Wow, I, I, I've seen this video a bunch. I love this video. That's, that's Calvin the uh, Second. It's the music of Calvin Winbush. Julie, when uh, he wrote to us when he submitted this video and said he realized that when he shot the video, it was the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre, which was, uh, he says, bittersweet and definitely not lost on the crew that put this together. Absolutely. I mean, it's a song with a lot of gravitas. And so I imagine, you know, keeping that history present in their minds that very day, you know, gave them even more to, to work with. And I, I mean, I love... I love the lyrics that he wrote for for the hook. You say you love me, well, you got to show the money, you know, talking about how Black Lives Matter advocacy needs to be made tangible. I mean, you know, he sort of thematically is closing that that circle for us. I believe he also um, in submitting the video reminded us that he appears in Childish Gambino's This Is America music video. If he looked familiar and you've seen that video, it might be because he is the, the first person to walk onto the screen and pick up a guitar and sit down and, and play. That is also Calvin II. And for those who watched Tiny Desk Concerts uh, last year, uh, his entry was pretty extraordinary as well. If you want to Take a look and look for Calvin the Second. Really amazing video. And uh, one of many that we're going to see today. Let's go to our, uh, our next entry. This is an artist known as Semler. What do we know about Semler? 
similar, you know, has has had some chart success on the on the Christian charts with um, a very different kind of uh, vantage point than people typically, you know, expect from a singer songwriter presenting themselves as a Christian artist. And I will tell you, they got me from the intro watching this video for the first time. Um, the way that they deliver it with that knowing grin, just telling us right off the bat, I write Christian music about being gay, you know, I think, and, and the fact that, that similar was just smiling in such a knowing way, you know, because it is, it's not that there have not been queer people at all times in every religion and every faith tradition there are, and there have been, but you know, it, because of white heteropatriarchy, it's still, that's very closely entwined with American Christianity. So hearing an artist write the way that similar writes is, is still a surprise, you know, for us. And I mean, I like Simler's writing style, that it's pointed, it's a little smart-ass, you know, it's sort of <laughs> post-emo singer-songwriter, you know, yeah. and really helping us feel the experience of being separated out, feeling separated out from inclusion in the group and being seen as less than human, you know, because of their sexuality or gender identity, you know, and... I love the band they've got around them, too. I feel like they're not only providing accompaniment, but they're actually, you know, really providing solidarity and friendship. So they, I mean, it feels like similar is flanked by musical allies, too. There's two things that, uh, to keep in mind when you watch this. One is uh, similar's a, uh, father was a preacher, right? So Episcopal, and, yeah. Yeah, and then the other is that, Semler's mom was visiting from Kentucky and sitting just off the camera, and it was only the second time seeing Semler play music. And I say that as you hear the words to this song, imagine being that mom sitting there and being the person and being Semler singing this with her mom there. Anyway, let's play Semler's video, Jesus from Texas. Hi, my name is Semler, and I write Christian music about being gay. One, two, three, four.
much I guess a savior beats a friend who thinks you're good enough I hope she finds love and peace and if her kid comes out I hope that she calls me Great timing. <laughs> Another artist I need to spend a bunch more time with. <laughs> and, and this is the thing about the, the watching these Tiny Desk videos is that not only you get to see good music, but, but you discover a new artist. And we know all the things that go with discovering new artists. Because oftentimes these people have been making music in their towns and whatever and, and putting out independent music and there's lots of it to be seen and heard i, I love watching this this is the rabbit hole i talked about earlier that, that we can all go down the tiny desk contest.npr.org i love looking at the rooms that people are in we on the team love when we see animals and plants and and just the different things that are in the room that actually oftentimes because oftentimes it's the bedroom or the living room of the artist you get to see the personality that's there because, you know, the art they pick for the wall or whatever it is, is all part of who they are. And there's something about that for me uh, that brings me a lot of joy and, and some insight. Yeah, just as we can learn from, is that a lava lamp I see behind you, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> creature comforts, creature comforts. Indeed, we all have them. We all have them. So, our next video comes from George Lovett. And George will also be our guest after we play his video, Ruby. Um, your love for Mr. Lovett. This song and this performance just took me back to kind of, you know, sensitive 90s R&B, the showmanship of it, and the just sort of, you know, openly expressive uh, aspects of it. And the fact that, that George Levitt can do such phenomenal things with vocal runs and whistling runs, you know, both of those things we're going to get to, we're going to get to hear. I'm excited about getting to, to talk with him because I want to find out more about how he developed those, those skills and how to use them, be so expressive with them. Fabulous. So let's play Ruby from George Lovett. What's up, Tiny Desk? My name is George Lovett. I'm so excited to be here and audition for you guys. It's a dream of mine to be on your show. So here's my song. It's called Ruby. Hope you enjoy. You've got me going in 
Wow. <laughs> Welcome, George. Hey, 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 what's up, family? Thanks so much for having me. Yes. So happy to have you in the family. <laughs> yes, yes. It's an honor, for real. It's a big dream of mine to be on the show, like I said in the video. <laughs> yeah. Well, here you are. Yes, yes. Dreams come true. <laughs> Now, George, you know, I only know a few things about your musical journey so far. I definitely want to know more about you, but I know I know that you studied at Savannah College of Art and Design. I know that you 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 just told us that you were part of Kanye's Sunday service choir. So yeah. that that would be, I'm sure, a whole story unto itself. And also, you know, just in in uh, doing a bit of research, I found that some years ago you were on American Idol. So, mm. of course, I'm curious, <laughs> how does uh, entering the Tiny Desk Contest compare with auditioning for American Idol? Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, I don't want to um, make you guys a rival or anything, but Tiny Desk is just, you know, it's like the top tier as far as artists who have already um, made it, you know, or who ha have already established themselves. Um, American Idol kind of is looking for the next and, you know, Tiny Desk makes me feel like I've already, I am the next. So, <laughs> so you know, I'm here. I made it. My mom's watching. Hey, mom. <laughs> well, I, think, I think everyone everyone who was astounded just by hearing your voice, you know, would want to know when and how you started to discover those runs, your ability to do those runs. I mean, were you a kid listening to Brandy? You know, what was, paint the picture for us. I always could sing, and I think that when my voice started changing, that's when I started um, trying to figure out new ways to still hit the high notes, the, the Mariah Carey notes, because I couldn't ah. hit them. <laughs> I couldn't hit them vocally anymore, so I started whistling, and I started manipulating that and making it um, work out um, to get my results that I needed. <laughs> ah, but, um, so, so puberty drove you to whistling. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that, that is pretty great. And it sounds I mean, like an album title too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and man. I mean you in that performance that we just watched, you took us from zero to emotional and sensual surrender, you know, and to pained ecstasy. Yes. And I wanna know, was was being emotionally present like that in your in your singing and con conveying vulnerability through your virtuosity, was that something that you had to work your way to? Did you have to grow into that, you know, learn how to do it? Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I didn't sing like that, <laughs> obviously, but I always, I figured out that I had to go through life and life experiences in order to find or tap into those certain emotions. And um, it's just something that I had to go through in life in order to, to get that stuff out. But um, it's not easy. I have to take like deep breaths before I, I, I perform. And I also have to tell myself that, you know, this this performance is not about me so that I'm not nervous, but it's about the public. It's about people. It's about evoking emotion. It's about making change in, in the world. So, yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. And I wonder, you know, do you view whistling as a different kind of tool to express yourself than singing, you know, and shaping words? Are those two different kinds of expression for you? It's definitely uh, like my secret weapon. People can play the piano, people can play the guitar, but I can whistle. So it's my 
it's my thing. <laughs> you did treat it in this performance like like uh, shredding on guitar, you know, yeah, like it's your yeah, instrumental yeah. solo. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Who is that guitarist with you, by the way? The guitarist, his name is Sherrod. Yeah, he's a great guitarist. I had just met him that day, actually. <laughs> but um, he's a great wow, guitarist. He lives true? in Atlanta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd love to know just because you guys are spot on. Yeah. Um, how much work did you do before that you actually did the performance? And did he know about Tiny Desk at all? Oh, yeah. He was definitely, a, he actually watched my, my performances of Ruby online before he met, but I, I had see. met him that day. Um, a friend of mine introduced us because I was like, uh, it's the last, it was the last day to audition. Of course so I was, was just like, man, <laughs> I was like, man, please, if you could, I gave him a few dollars. It was like, please just play this song for me. It's easy. And he came through and delivered for me. So shout out to Sherrod. <laughs> Do you know what a theremin is, uh, George? A theremin? Never heard of that. Yeah. So uh, when when we're done and uh, tonight, uh, go look it up. But it's a, it's an electronic instrument invented, you know, almost 100 years ago. And it's a very monophonic instrument that sounds between a whistle and a human voice. A and it's haunting and and just hits... I mean, at least for me, it just hits the soul. Mm. And your whistling does that. And in order to play a theremin, it's like a rod. And you, as the player, move your hand up and down this rod. You're bas- basically breaking radio frequencies. And and by doing that, you're making the sound. And when your hand gestures as you're whistling, you're doing this, <laughs> I'm thinking you're playing a theremin. Anyway, I just wondered if you <laughs> there's a little... Maybe, maybe yeah. in a past life, I played one of those. That's right. <laughs> I love, I'm that thinking. Is a, that is a great comparison to yeah. that weird, magical, scientific instrument. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the tonality. I mean, now, now that you say it, Bob, I... I feel yeah. it. I hear uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. That might be my spirit instrument. <laughs> <laughs> and there aren't many uh, great R&B whistlers. Uh, the Otis Redding Dog on the Bay was the first thing that came to mind, but I then yeah. couldn't think of any more to add to that list. Yeah. So. Yeah, I looked that up, and uh, he actually didn't even whistle that. It was uh, his guitar player who came in on the session, and he whistled on it. <laughs> There's actually some controversy about that, but, but oh really? Oh, <laughs> yeah, let me yeah. Stay out of it. Yeah, some, <laughs> some say some say that Otis's whistling was weak, and the guitar player whistled, and then other people who were at that session say, "Oh no, 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 that was, that was Otis." Oh. So I don't know. I'm not sure who knows. I wasn't uh, there. We may never know, but you you own it. Yes, you own the whistling it in the 21st me. century for uh, for R&B. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Is that something that you've been brought in to do on any sessions? I mean, is that something that you brought to Kanye's choir or any other kind of any live session or studio session? I'm waiting for the moment when Kanye's like, hey, come on, do that whistle thing. (laughs) And I'll be like, but no, um, I've been on some sessions where people have asked me to whistle, definitely um, some movie movie stuff. And I've done a lot of weddings. They asked me to whistle for them um, as they're walking down the aisle. Really? So that's, that's a thing? Yes, yeah, it's a thing. So, Could you give us such a little example of what you might whistle at a, at a wedding? Or is, it, like, uh, to, is that hard to do? I got to s- make like. sure I'm not smiling because it's hard to whistle okay. and smile at the same time. <laughs> right. It is. But, Just 
out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, but it does. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for this. How do people find your music if they want to hear more? Yeah. Um, I just released a new single. It's a, it's a little bit of whistling in that. It's called Promise. Uh, but just look my name up, George Lovin on all uh, streaming platforms. And um, if you look me up on uh, Instagram, it's just George Lovett. And for those listening to the podcast who can't see his name on the screen, it's L-O-V-E-T-T. Julie, any last words? I want to know what scent those vibe candles are that you've got lit behind you, George. Oh, I think <laughs> I have a, a lavender one back there. I like a fresh laundry one. And I can't, <laughs> I can't remember that last one, but that fresh laundry one is my favorite. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, you make you make uh, sensual bedroom music. Exactly. <laughs> that, exactly. Uh, yeah, I like I like knowing that you've got some good sense in your space. That's yeah, good. I try to do things to raise the vibrations, all the vibrations. That's beautiful. Thanks yeah. for doing this. Thanks for entering. And uh, wishing you well. Our decision making is uh, is coming soon, as all of the judges are thinking hard. Yes, yes. About, uh, about got what a, we love. Y'all got a tough job, but thanks for having me, Bob. Thank you, Julie, for choosing me, and I look forward to hearing from y'all soon. Yeah. Be well. Yep. Peace. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and check out more of your favorite picks, Julie. I'm Bob Boylan. I'm here with Julie Height, and this is Top Shelf from NPR Music. This message comes from our 2021 lead sponsor of NPR Music, State Farm. To celebrate their surprisingly great rates, State Farm invites you to discover the surprisingly great genre, Lowercase. Definitely unlike anything you've ever heard before, lowercase music is created from remixing ambient sounds like crumpling paper and smashing light bulbs. Give it one listen and you'll never look at paper the same way ever again. Now that you've discovered lowercase, take a minute to discover State Farm's surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Bob Boylan with NPR Music and you're listening to Top Shelf, our episode where the judges of the Tiny Desk Contest pick their five favorite videos, and we are playing them here. I'm here with Julie Height. Uh, next week, we have um, Linda Diaz, who won last year's Tiny Desk Contest, is one of our judges, and she will be uh, on our top shelf next week, same time, which is Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can go back and, wa- go back and watch uh, some of the others with uh, Phoebe Bridgers that uh, I'd had a conversation with and Toby and Wigway. Much more to watch. And all of those have, you know, five great choices and videos. Lots to discover, which is the whole reason we do this contest. is really simply for us and for you to discover things like George Lovett that you just might not have a chance to find. And uh, we hope to raise the bar for people like George and have voices be heard. So you want to go on to the next one, uh, DeLorean? Let's do it. Is a song by Missionaries, which that's a, that's also a band name with a stylized spelling. If you wanna you wanna spell that one out, Bob. Uh, it's M I dollar sign H N R Z Missioners <laughs> is what it looks like, but Missionaries I think is yeah. how you. Uh, and they're they're a bilingual LA based pop R and B band. Clearly, also well versed in in hip hop and dance music, especially 
kind of post-disco dance music. And they let us know that they filmed this video in their tiny studio space and spent the better part of a day moving this piano in because it was hard to get it around on, on the carpet. It wouldn't roll that easily. But I tell you, besides moving furniture, besides that labor, I can also tell that they put a lot of work into crafting this song, especially the melody and the arrangement. I don't think we I don't think we give enough love to to a great, you know, musical arrangement and this one is so sleek and I mean these these guys strike me as studio rats. I mean that in, in a really good way, you know? I mean they <laughs> they give a lot of attention to to choosing great tone. I mean this this clean guitar tone and using acoustic piano and live bass laying all of that over the drum machine, you know. But this hook, this oh so shapely hook. That's that's what really did it for me and the way that they've got their dual vocalists singing it an octave apart. That's what got me. Awesome. Let's hear DeLorean by missionaries. We were missionaries, and this is DeLorean. Me mataba tu mirada, aunque ya no fuera mi. Cada día que pasaba, me quedaba sin poder dormir. Cinco saltos y sigo intentando. Doble ocho me tiene pensando más.
Gracias. Thank you. We're so bilingual, bro. Ah, el mismo chiste, ¿no? That's Missionaries. The song is DeLorean. The interplay of guitar and piano, I think you sort of hinted at that before we played the song, but hearing it again, uh, that's certainly my attraction to that. Yeah, the arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> it is a it is a stellar arrangement, and I will say it again. I think that a, a you know a great arrangement, a really tasteful or inventive one, doesn't always get its due. You know, we we think about a performance, vocal performance, instrumental performance. Arrangements can be pretty phenomenal too. And they bring out the spark of the musicians when they do it right, and the conversation that goes on between musicians. Because uh, do you play music, Julie? I came up studying drums, so I led the drum line in high school and studied drum kit from, you know, junior high on through college. And now I only play drums in a dirty country drag show. Only. <laughs> um, but still, I mean, you know, if you've, if you've studied music and thought about how the parts fit together and how you, you know, how you work it out, then I think that's something that we can bring to the listening and appreciation of music that we do, you know? And, and being a musician, I think one of the most important things is being a listener. And it's part of why in something like Missionaries, the way the guitar player and the piano player are listening to one another uh, and that interplay that's happening. There's much more of the singing and all that is great too, but but just it's the ability to know when to inject your particular talent into a song that often makes the song. That's its own kind of sensitivity and intelligence, I think. The uh, artist wrote that DeLorean is a song wishing <clears throat> to return to those moments with a past lover, both good or bad, that are etched in your memory long after things ended. I didn't, I don't speak the language and was Sort of happy to know uh, just what this song was about because there's so much passion and emotion in it. Yeah, you can feel the wistfulness. It was a first year entering the contest as well. We're going to go out on one more. This is um, June Magnolia. What do you know about June Magnolia that you love? Well, I know that I was caught off guard in the best way by the confessional prog of Portland, Oregon-based June Magnolia because I just don't necessarily associate the expressive craft of the singer-songwriter and the precision craft, you know, of the prog musician. Those those two things can exist in kind of in separate worlds, but June Magnolia brought them together in this song that we're going to hear, New Love. And to be honest, I mean, I initially thought that June Magnolia was a group name and not, a, not <laughs> an individual name, but it is, in fact, the singer, songwriter, pianist, an arranger of this piece. And I love what she told us about, about the song, if you don't mind me uh, reading what she, what she sent us about the song. She said, My grandmother and mother are survivors of the Korean War. I'm so happy to be a daughter of such strong women. There's been an amazing amount of generational trauma that I've worked through and healed during this life and this song. So I, I really appreciate knowing the background and the spirit of, of the song and how gently June Magnolia guides the dynamics of, of the group you know, um, and changing grooves, changing time signatures, you know, all of all of those things. I think it's really, you know, a moving and fetching piece of performance and composition. And a reminder, too, that so many of these songs have that 
deep, rich history in the writing of them. People, you know, there are some people who just write songs because they want to be on stage and they want to meet people or what, it's a social thing. But for so many of the artists uh, that certainly submitted to the contest and so many artists who that are driven by it, there's a deep emotional root to why people do this and why they sing about what they sing about. Uh, June Magnolia does that really, really well. It's really thrilling to sense the layers of thoughtfulness, you know, and imagination in in this music, which I think we will. I hope everyone is as surprised and delighted by it as I was the first time I watched. Awesome. Uh, one more reminder that next week will be uh, um, Linda Diaz, our Tiny Desk contest winner and also a judge in this contest. So, so it'll be interesting to see someone who has entered and won the contest to see uh, her reaction to things that she picked and attracts her. And that'll be next Thursday at 3 p.m. Julie, thank you so much. It really was a pleasure to hear your thoughts and and, and loved, loved your choices. And uh, your bolo tie, too. <laughs> yes, I wore it for you, for you. This has, been, this has been so fun. It's been a pleasure watching and listening and talking about all, the, all this music. Thank you, everybody. Let's go out on New Love by June Magnolia. The Tiny Desk Contest continues. I'm Bob Boylan. Take care, all.